Section 49 of the United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. The World's Story, Volume 13, The United States, edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 49 the first telegram by r m evans the announcement of the invention the telegraph and its astonishing capacity was for a long time the most prominent theme of public and private discussion admiration being largely mingled with blank incredulity and not a little ridicule even in congress in the application of professor morse for government aid to enable him to demonstrate the value of his invention by constructing a line between washington and baltimore in eighteen thirty eight there were not wanting learned legislators who treated the idea as a mere chimera it was the same congress of which espy the storm king was asking assistance to test his favorite theory then so prominently discussed both morse and espy says a writer of that time and the event became the butt of ridicule the target of merciless arrows of wit they were voted downright bores and the idea of giving them money was pronounced farcical they were considered monomaniacs and as such were laughed at punned upon and made the standing staple for jokes one morning however a gentleman rose from his seat in the house quite to the astonishment of everybody for he had never been known to speak before unless it was to vote or to address the speaker and said i hold in my hand a resolution which i respectfully offer for the consideration of the house in a moment a page was at his desk and the resolution was transferred to the speaker and by him delivered to the clerk who read as follows resolved that the committee of ways and means be instructed to inquire into the expediency of appropriating thirty thousand dollars to enable Professor Morse to establish a line of telegraph between Washington and Baltimore. The gentleman who offered it was Mr. Ferris, one of the New York representatives, a man of wealth and learning, but modest, retiring, and diffident. This being merely a resolution of inquiry, it passed without opposition, and out of regard to the mover, without comment. In time, it came before the committee, all the members of which had, by their public services and brilliant talents, acquired a national reputation. The clerk of the committee read the resolution. The chairman, Mr. Fillmore, in a clear, distinct voice, said, Gentlemen, what disposition shall be made of it? There was a dead pause around the table. No one seemed inclined to take the initiative. It was expected that, inasmuch as the mover of the resolution in the House was a Democrat, the democratic side of the committee would stand godfather to it there but not a bit of it they felt that the whole thing was preposterous and deserving of no countenance at length one on the other side broke the ominous silence by moving that the committee instruct the chairman to report a bill to the house appropriating thirty thousand dollars for the purpose named in the resolution this movement motion brought them all upstanding no speeches were made the question was called for the yeas and nays were taken alphabetically 
and as four had voted on the affirmative side and four on the negative it fell to the lot of governor wallace of indiana whose name came last on the list to decide the question he however had paid no attention to the matter and like the majority of people considered it a great humbug he had not the faintest idea of the importance to his country of the vote he was to cast but as fortune would have it the thought came to mind that mr morse was even then experimenting to the capital with a new-fangled invention having stretched a wire from the basement story to the interim of the senate chamber it was therefore in governor wallace's power to satisfy himself at once in regard to the question of feasibility and he determined to try it he asked leave to consider his vote this was granted he immediately went to the antechamber which he found crowded with representatives and strangers governor wallace requested permission to put a question to the madman morse at the other end of the wire it was granted immediately he wrote the question and handed it to the telegrapher the crowd cried read read in a very short time the answer was received when written out by the operator the same cry of read it read it went up from the crowd to his utter astonishment governor wallace found that the madman at the end of the wire had more wit and force than the congressman at the other the laugh was turned completely upon the committee man but as western men are rarely satisfied with one fall not less than two failures out of three attempts forcing from them any acknowledgment of defeat the governor put a second question and there came a second answer if the first raised a laugh at his expense the second converted that laugh into a roar and a shout he was more than satisfied picking up his hat he bowed himself out of the crowd the good-natured shout following him as he passed along the passages and halls of the capitol as a matter of course governor wallace voted in the affirmative of the motion then pending before the committee and it prevailed the chairman reported the bill the house and senate concurred in its passage and thus was professor morse successful in this his last struggle to demonstrate the practicability of as it has proved the most amazing invention of the age the electromagnetic telegraph if the committee had ignored the proposition there is no telling what would have been the result that the experiment would have been finally made no one can entertain a doubt but when or by whom is the question it is not within the range of ordinary individual fortune to make it and if it was none but professor morse would have hazarded it it appears however that professor morse came to the last stage of discouragement in the prosecution of his appeal to congress before light finally broke in upon him on the very last day of the session the bill relating to his case was the one hundred and twentieth on the senate docket to be acted upon in course concerning this scene a writer in harper's monthly states that during the day professor morse watched the course of legislation from the gallery with nervous trepidation and the deepest anxiety at length worn out by the interminable discussion of some senator who seemed to be speaking against time and overcome by his prolonged watching he left the gallery at a late hour and went to his lodgings under the belief that it was not possible his bill could be reached and that he must again turn his attention to those labors of the brush and easel 
by means of which he might be enabled to prosecute appeals to congress at a future time he accordingly made his preparations to return to new york on the following morning and retiring to rest sank into a profound slumber from which he did not awake until a late hour on the following morning but a short time after while seated at the breakfast table the servant announced that a lady desired to see him upon entering the parlor he found miss annie ellsworth the daughter of the commissioner of patents whose face was all aglow with pleasure i have come to congratulate you she remarked as he entered the room and approached to shake hands with her to congratulate me replied mr morse and for what why upon the passage of your bill to be sure she replied you must surely be mistaken for i left at a late hour and its fate seemed inevitable indeed i am not mistaken she rejoined father remained until the close of the session and your bill was the very last that was acted on and i begged permission to carry to you the news i am so happy that i am the first to tell you so the feelings of professor morse may be better imagined than described he grasped his young companion warmly by the hand and thanked her over and over again for the joyful intelligence saying as reward for being the first bearer of this news you shall send over the telegraph the first message it conveys i will hold you to that promise replied she remember remember responded professor morse and they parted the plans of mr morse were now altogether changed his journey homeward was abandoned and he set to work to carry out the project of establishing the line of electrotelegraph between washington and baltimore authorized by the bill his first idea was to convey the wires enclosed in a leaden tube beneath the ground he had already arranged a plan by which the wires insulated by a covering of cotton saturated in gum shellac were to be inserted into leaden pipes in the process of casting but after the expenditure of several thousand dollars and much delay this plan was given up and the one now in use of extending them on poles adopted by the month of may eighteen forty four the whole line was laid and magnets and recording instruments were attached to the ends of the wires at mount clair depot baltimore and at the supreme court chamber in the capitol at washington when the circuit was complete and the signal at the one end of the line was responded to by the operator at the other mr morse sent a messenger to miss ellsworth to inform her that the telegraph awaited her message she speedily responded to this and sent for transmission the following which was the first formal dispatch ever sent through a telegraphic wire connecting remote places with each other what hath god wrought the original of the message is now in the archives of the historical society at hartford connecticut the practicability and utility of the invention were now clearly and firmly established End of section forty nine this recording is in the public domain.